Good morning and welcome to worship. Today, John the Baptist points our attention to Jesus and urges us to fix our eyes on that Christ who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Today's gospel lesson in the words of our sermon text this morning, John chapter 1, verses 29 through 41. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I was talking about when I said the one coming after me outranks me because he existed before me. I myself did not know who he was, but I came baptizing with water so that he would be revealed to Israel. John also testified, I saw the Spirit descend like a dove from heaven and remain on him. I myself did not recognize him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this myself and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was standing there again with two of his disciples. When John saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned around and saw them following him, he asked, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He told them, come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. They stayed with him that day. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his own brother, Simon, and say to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated, the Christ. Grace and peace be yours in abundance to the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. My dear family in Christ, you're taking a walk in the middle of the woods or a quiet walk along the beach somewhere with someone you love. And suddenly you say, look what I found. And you reach down, you, you found this particular stone or rock or a seashell. You hold it up and marvel at it. Isn't that neat? The members of your household have been searching for something that got lost in the house somewhere for the last few months. You've looked high and low, but haven't been able to find it. And, and suddenly, when you're not even looking, you stumble upon it, and you hold it up and say, yep, look what I found. John the Baptist is ministering to people out in the Judean wilderness when one day he sees Jesus approaching. Look what God revealed to John. He turned to the crowds and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's exactly what he wants to say to every single one of us gathered here in God's presence this morning. He holds up Jesus for us, that, that great Savior and Lord, and says to us, look at Jesus. When we look at Jesus, we see in him, first of all, the Lamb that was sent for us. The Lamb of God, John said, who takes away the sin of the world. Think about that. 
Those words really sum up the entire message of the gospel of our Lord, don't they? That's who Jesus is. He is the Lamb of God. He is God's Lamb. He is the Lamb that the Heavenly Father sent down here to earth, into the world, to take away the sin of the world. He is the Lamb of God. And and for the Jews who heard that phrase, the Lamb of God, it would have triggered some spiritual thoughts immediately. Lamb, as in all of those lambs that had been slaughtered and, and sacrificed on Jewish altars for hundreds and hundreds of years. That was prescribed by God in the law of Moses. For instance, in in Leviticus chapter 4, the Lord said this, when when there is someone in Israel who commits some sin, who is guilty of some sin, he is to take a lamb. And what would he do? Well, the Lord said there in Leviticus 4.33, he, the person who sinned, is to lay his hand on its head. The guilty sinner would place his hand on the head of that poor, innocent little lamb, symbolically transferring his sin and guilt from himself onto that lamb. And then the Lord said, slaughter it for a sin offering. An innocent lamb would die for a guilty sinner. Its blood was poured out into a bowl and smeared on the horns of the altar and poured out at the base of the altar Their forgiveness was real, but God was teaching them that it would cost a life. All of those lambs, all of those sacrifices, of course, were just shadows and symbols that were pointing ahead to the reality, and the reality's name is Jesus. He is that lamb that God sent for us. Our guilt, our sin was transferred to the Holy Son of God who shed his blood for us at the cross. The life of the innocent one, the blood of the innocent one was given for guilty sinners, for me, for you. What did Jesus do with our sin? Look at Jesus. He's God's lamb who takes away the sin of the world. So it's the middle of the summer and you've got a a garbage bag sitting in your garbage can in the garage, baking in the hot, humid weather, and after a few days, it becomes a stinking, rotting mess. Until that day when the garbage crew comes along and takes that bag of garbage and puts it in the the garbage truck and, and carries it away to the city dump, never to return back to your house ever again. That, friend, is what Jesus did with that stinking, rotting mess called our sin and our guilt. Jesus picked it up, all of it, and carried it to the cross where it was forever disposed of. It was taken away. It it was sin and guilt that will never, ever return back to you. There's no wonder then that, that John said about Jesus in verse 30, the one coming after me outranks me because he existed before me. Break that down. The Lord Jesus was born after John several months. 
The Lord Jesus began his public ministry only after John had carried out his preparatory ministry, and yet Jesus existed before John because he is the eternal Son of God who has no beginning and has no end. He outranks John and every other sinner. He is greater than all others because Jesus is Lord and God. He's the only one who can and did take away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But you know what Satan's going to try to do, right? Because the devil is filled with nothing but guile and hatred, he will do whatever he can do in life to keep you from looking at Jesus. Maybe he'll do that by leading you into some sin in your life that begins to take over your life. And you realize that the more that you commit that sin, the greater the wedge it drives between you and Jesus. And Satan smiles. Or maybe Satan will pack your life so full with all kinds of things, a million different things, none of them in and of themselves wrong or bad, but things that occupy so much of your time and your attention that they just keep knocking Jesus down one more rung on life's ladder of what's important to you. Or maybe Satan will hijack a spiritual garbage truck and he'll drive it out to that dump where Jesus left your sin and your guilt and he'll load it up in his truck and he'll drive it to you and drop it off there in your heart to fill you with terror and dread, making you wonder, maybe God didn't forgive me. Maybe I'm not free of my sin, robbing you of the joy and the peace that you ought to have in Christ your Savior. If and when any of that ever happens to you, then please know this. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look at Jesus. Don't glance at him every now and then. Look at him and keep focused on him and see him in his gospel and and see him dying on the cross for all of your sins and, and see him rising from the dead to seal your victory and see him holding you in his everlasting arms and see him loving you like no one else can. Look at Jesus through everything that you face in your life. Know that he's that lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And know, secondly, that he is the Savior who is to be shared by us. That's what John did. He didn't stay quiet about Jesus. Instead, in verse 31, he says, I myself did not know who he was or recognize who he was, but I came baptizing with water so that he would be revealed to Israel. Well, John did know Jesus. His mother and Jesus' mother were relatives. But to really know Jesus by faith, I mean to understand Jesus and his redeeming work and his saving mission and and the forgiveness that the Lord Jesus had come into the world to win, that was something that God had to reveal to John, to work in John. And having led John to those saving truths, John now freely shared them with others. That's what he did. He told the people coming out to listen to him to, to, to watch him, to observe him. He said, don't look at me. Look, there is Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look at Jesus. 
You know, that John, John mentions that Jesus would eventually baptize people with the Holy Spirit. He would pour out the Holy Spirit on his people. That's a promise that, that God fulfilled when he, he sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, 50 days after Easter. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John told the crowds. And then the very next day, John is there with two of his disciples. One of them is Andrew. The other one remains unnamed. And John says to them the very same thing he'd said to the crowds the day before. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I think it's as though John is saying to them, look, fellas, thank you for your service. You've been a wonderful help to me as my disciples, but look, guys, it's time to stop following me. Start following Jesus. And they did. We're told that the two disciples followed Jesus. And they never looked back. Now they had come to see that he really was that Lamb of God who came to take away their sin and the sin of the whole world. And did you notice in our text, the very first thing that Andrew did was to find his own brother Simon, that's Simon Peter, and say to him, we found the Messiah. What a great model for us. Andrew heard the good news, the Spirit led him to believe the good news, and now he wanted to share the good news. He didn't waste a moment. The very first thing he did was to find his brother and say, look, Jesus is here. What a wonderful model for us. Look at Jesus. He's the Savior that is meant to be shared with the whole world by us. Let one question be on our minds every single day and everything that we do. This question, what can I do to tell more people about Jesus? You know, Andrew helps us to answer that question in a, in a really practical way. First of all, he shows us that it's going to be easiest for us to reach people that we already know and love. In evangelism terms, we sometimes refer to those people as ones in our circle of friends, our friends, our relatives, our associates, our neighbors. These are people that you already know. These are people that already know that you care about them, that you love them. These are people that trust you and what you have to say. Those are all wonderful bridges for us to be able to talk to them about life's most important matter, and that's Jesus. And secondly, Andrew teaches us that it's all about the Word of God. He points back to the sum and substance of everything that God had promised in the Old Testament. And he said to Simon, look, you know those Old Testament scriptures we've been studying? We found the one to whom they testify. We have found the Christ. We found the Messiah. Peter, we found the one that God promised and has now sent to be our sin bearer. He's here. He's here to bear the world's sin. Can that teach us to make it also our life's work to grow in the Word? To grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The more that we grow in the Word, the more that we know what the Word says, the easier it will be for us to share Jesus with others. Let's not make it vague. 
Let's not simply mention to people, well, you know, I hope you believe in God, I believe in God, or I hope you pray, I pray. Can't we be more specific than that? Bring them the word. Talk to them about the, the way in which life is so fragile and frail that any moment could be our last. Talk to them about the fact that we will spend eternity somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. Share with them what the Word says about the problem of our sin and the solution that God provided in Jesus Christ. Talk to them about how Jesus went to the cross to bear our sin and guilt and shame and rose from the dead to guarantee life everlasting for all who believe in him, not granted because of our works or anything that we do, but because he's a God of grace and mercy and wants all people to be saved. Bring them law and gospel. Invite them to come and see together with you. Introduce them to me. I'd love to talk to them. But let's help as many others as possible to see Jesus, their Savior. Look at Jesus. I imagine that it's true in your life like it is in mine. It's in those moments where I have taken my eyes off of Christ and his greatness and his promises and his mercy and his love when I'm most miserable in life. Let's look at Jesus. Think of the joy, the hope, the promise, the life, the grace that we find in him. He's the lamb who's taken away the world's sin once and for all. He's the savior that we are privileged to be able to share with others, with the world. Look at Jesus, dear friends. He is always a sight for the sinner's sore eyes. Look at Jesus. Amen. Amen.